Welcome back to the Walk the Word podcast with me, Pastor James, coming out of Sar Fellowship in the Kingdom of Bahrain. We are walking through God's Word one chapter a week, and today we get to Exodus chapter 10. We've had a little bit of a Christmas festive break, uh, and now we're back. Uh, So if you've not read Exodus chapter 10 in the recent past, if you've not listened to our last podcast back in December through Exodus chapter 9, I would encourage you to do both. Hit pause, uh, go and read Exodus 10, listen to Exodus 9, and then we'll come back together as we seek to know and grow in God's Word. So in Exodus 10, we are going to see the eighth and the ninth plagues um, given by God to Egypt. And Exodus 10 begins, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine among them, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and of your grandson how I have dealt harshly with the Egyptians and what signs I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. One very, very interesting thing there is uh, found, I think, found in verse 2, that part of the reason, the plan and the purpose for these plagues that we've said before, at the end of verse 2, is that you may know that I am the Lord. Uh, God demonstrating his sovereignty, his total uh, omnipotence. and But also in there, These plagues are happening. The purpose and the plan behind it, at least in part, is that you can tell your sons and your grandsons and your children this is going to be a legacy, kind of a a long-time standing witness for God's own people as to the power and the miraculous ability to deliver from slavery and from bondage for God's own people. So Moses and Aaron, they're going to Pharaoh and they say, look, uh, God has said, the God of the Hebrews, again, we're framing it in a, in a way that Pharaoh understands this very polytheistic culture. There's a God for everything. So we're framing, it's not disrespectful, it's a God of the Hebrews, it's framing things in a way that the hearer is going to understand. This is what God says, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go that they may serve me. And if you don't, Tomorrow we're going to locusts are coming. I will bring locusts into your country and they shall cover the face of the land so that no one can see the land. They shall eat what is left to you after the hail and they shall eat every tree of yours that grows in the field and they shall fill your houses, the houses of all your servants and of all the Egyptians as neither your fathers nor your grandfathers have seen from the day they came on earth to this day. So look, if you don't let the people go now, the next thing, the next plague, the next persuasion for you to let them go is going to be like nothing anybody has ever seen before. We often read about locusts um, being used in judgment. Uh, You can read Joel chapter 1, Amos chapter 7, they can completely devastate crops and food sources, leaves, trees, even the bark on trees, fruit that grows on trees. They'll just eat. They'll just devastate miles and miles and miles of crops. And what's going to happen if you don't let these people go? It's going to be unprecedented. 
Pharaoh's own servants even say to him, if you look at verse 7, how long are we going to keep this up? We're going to be ruined financially because there's no crops to grow, to sell. We're going to be ruined from a, a food source perspective. We're just going to be ruined. And they say to Pharaoh, which is quite harsh and quite bold, given that the Egyptians believed that Pharaoh was kind of a representation of at least one of, of the gods. Don't you understand that Egypt is ruined? Let them go. So then Moses and Aaron are called back. This is in verse 8. And Pharaoh says, look, all right, off you go. But who's going to go? And Moses basically says, everybody. We will go with our young and our old, sons and daughters, flocks and herds. We're going to go and have a feast. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Pharaoh then says, absolutely not if you all go. Because if you all go, the implication there, isn't it, is that they're not coming back. If it's young, old men, women, flocks, herds, the lot, the implication is that actually they might not come back. Moses is saying, look, there's no half measures in serving the Lord. We're all going. This is not something that just the men do. This is not something that just the young people do. This is not something that we just need a certain type of animal to do. It's a whole community thing. There are no half measures in serving the Lord. Not just men, not just young. It's everybody and everything. Pharaoh doesn't go for it surprisingly. And then the Lord said to Moses in verse 12, stretch out your hand over the land of Egypt for the locusts so that may come upon the land of Egypt and eat every plant in the land, all that the hail has left. So Moses does so. There's this strong east wind. Uh, some people have contended that um, this should be translated as a fierce wind, but then later in this passage, Moses talks of a west wind. Um, so we'll stick with east wind. This strong east wind blows in the locusts and um, they get, get up the next day. And we read in verse 14, the locusts came up over all the land of Egypt and settled on the whole country of Egypt. Such a dense swarm of locusts as had never been before, nor will ever be. Again, they cover everything. It looks kind of dark. If you've ever seen a, a swarm of, of, of locusts, if you've ever seen a swarm of uh, flying insects, birds, you know that if you look at them, it does darken the sky. Imagine that, millions and millions and millions. And we read uh, that there was not a green thing remained, neither tree nor plant of the field through all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh then hastily calls back Moses and Aaron. He says, I've sinned against the Lord your God and against you. You think, yes, hallelujah, finally, he's getting it. And he says uh, in what we read is verse 17, Therefore, forgive my sin. Please, only this once, plead with the Lord to remove this stuff, remove this death from me. I think he's starting to get it. The extra layer to this is this pantheon of Egyptian gods. They've got gods of the sun, gods of the sky, gods of crops that nobody has been able to contend with the one true God, none of these Egyptian gods, the God of crop fertility, the God of the sky, uh, nobody has been able to contend with the one true God. So Pharaoh says, look, please forgive me. 
get rid of this. Moses goes, prays, pleads. We see that the east wind becomes a west wind. These locusts are blown away. We read that there's not, not a single one left. But, verse 20, the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not let the people go. Then again, with no warning, was straight into the ninth plague. Stretch out your hand, says God to Moses, toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land, a darkness to be felt. Some people have got this idea that this is an incredibly intense sandstorm. Now, if you live in Bahrain like I do, you've probably seen and experienced a sandstorm. It does look dark and you step out into it, you can feel it. If there were now no crops left, there's nothing to shelter to protect the people from. So it's possible that this could have been a particularly intense sandstorm, darkness to be felt. It doesn't say that in particular, so we can't say for sure. It's just one suggestion. Moses then stretches out his hand toward heaven. There's pitch darkness in all the land for three days. Nobody can see each other. They didn't do anything because they can't see, go anywhere. But we read, all the people of Israel had light where they lived, therefore this cannot have been a solar eclipse, can it? Because that doesn't differentiate between this part of town and that part of town. This is some supernatural intervention in day-to-day life. Pharaoh calls Moses in, says, go, serve the Lord, little ones too, but, but leave all of your flocks and herds. So he's trying to compromise again and again and again. Moses says, you must also let us have sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Basically, we don't know what we're going to need until we get there, until God tells us. So we need everything. Again, there's no half measures in serving. It's everybody. It's everything. It's not just a little bit, little bit, little bit. Moses says, not a hoof shall be left behind. Everybody and everything is coming with us. Pharaoh doesn't like it. The Lord hardens his heart and he would not. Let them go. And in his anger, in his frustration, Pharaoh says, Get away from me. Take care never to see my face again. For on the day you see my face again, you shall die. Moses kind of responds in kind, says, As you say, I will not see your face again. This plague of darkness, so I read, would have hit very close to home. Uh, again, none of these Egyptian deities could have done anything they didn't do anything they can't can they because they're not real one of their major main deities was the sun god of ray and pharaoh was believed to be a, a representation um i don't want to say incarnation because the the explicitly christian uh, connotation there but it was a pharaoh was believed to be a representation of ray the sun god and this God was responsible for providing sunlight, warmth, productivity. And here, for three days, total darkness, nobody did anything. And there's other lesser gods associated with the sun and the sky. All have been shown to be nothing. All have been humiliated here by the one true God in this plague of darkness. So this one would have hit really close to home, cut Pharaoh deep, and it goes a, a little way to explain his get away from me. If, you, if I ever see you again, you're going to die. And Moses does respond, fine, as you like. I'm not going to see you again. 
He does actually see him again uh, later in chapter 12. Uh, this is best explained by Pharaoh saying, look, go away or you go. See me again, you'll die. Moses says, fine, whatever, as you like. Maybe it's in the heat at the moment. Probably the best explanation would be that Moses would never go to him with a word of mercy, the offer of forgiveness uh, from God, as Moses has done multiple times uh, thus far. So basically, if Moses ever did see him again, which, as we said, he did in uh, chapter 12, verse 31, uh, they talk again. They have an interaction again, but it's not the offer of forgiveness and pardon. Uh, it's a very different kind of interaction. Next week then, in chapter 11, we will uh, have a look at the threat, the promise of a final plague. For more Bible teaching, you can log on to sarfellowship.com. We hope to see you next week. God bless.